sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Oh, come let us adore him. It's not just a Christmas song. It's one of those Catholic distinctives. Eucharistic adoration in particular is one of those things that we as Catholics do that we've just always done. But what exactly is adoration? Because even though we've always done it, not every one of us have always done it. So what is adoration? Why do we do it? And how do you do it the right way? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. .org. I'm joined in studio once again by Robin, Robin Bruggeman. Hey, Robin. Hi. Robin, what color is your shirt? Black. Okay. It's fitting because if people are listening to this, like when it's hot off the presses or watching, they'd be watching it when it's hot off the presses. When does it go on podcast? Same day? Fridays? They could be listening. It's, black. it's good Friday right now. <laughs> okay. Well, it is. And you're wearing black, which is somehow fitting. Black Friday. <laughs> Good Friday. Yes. No, it is. It is a very sad, sad, but happy. Why is Good Friday good? Exactly. You ever think, yeah, we call it Good Friday Yeah. because Jesus Christ died on the cross yes. for my sins and for yours so that we might have eternal life. Praise God. Amen. So Black, we, we, yes. we're about to celebrate Easter. Yay. Uh, the resurrection. And we can say the A word again. Yeah, don't say it yet. Don't I say said it, it once a couple days ago. Did you? One of my uh, last night, uh, my Mercy came and apologized to me. She said, oh. the, the A word, not the A word, the church A word. Yeah, <laughs> the church A word. <laughs> I know my kids are like, Mom, you said the swear word. I'm like, it's not a swear word, it's a great word. Right. Just right. don't say it during lunch. <laughs> um, so uh, today, actually, you pointed out that uh, folks are listening to this the day it drops. Um, they can actually do what we're talking about, can actually uh, go to Eucharistic adoration. Um, well, we'll just address this and get out of the way because, uh, he's hidden. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's this beautiful tradition that I don't know how old it is. It's an old tradition, um, that Holy Thursday night after mass of the Lord's supper at the conclusion of it, um, the, 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 the Eucharist, the host is taken or the ciborium with many hosts in it, but the Eucharistic Lord is taken from the tabernacle and put uh, left at an altar of repose for people mm -hmm. to adore a little bit Thursday night. Um, just like Peter, James, and John, when they fell asleep in the garden, mm -hmm. um, we are called not to fall asleep, but we're invited to adore in many parishes. Uh, but then the priests, our pastors, put uh, the ciborium, the, that's the, the, the sacred vessel that holds the Eucharistic hosts, mm -hmm. um, in hiding. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we, we can't go into our churches for Eucharistic adoration the way that we're used to mm -hmm. until the Easter vigil on Saturday night. So mm -hmm. yes, on Good Friday, there's, um, as part of the Good Friday liturgy, there is a communion service. We receive mm -hmm. Holy Communion or we're able to. So he is brought out of hiding, mm -hmm. um, but then he yeah, goes back again. into that hidden tabernacle mm -hmm. until the Easter vigil. 
It's just a beautiful like creation. A, just like Jesus was laid in the tomb. Yeah, I was just going to say, like he's put in the tomb. On, good, on the Good Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so too uh, is he, quote unquote, hidden. Yep. Um, so we can't enter into Eucharistic adoration. Yep. Uh, so just a beautiful thing. It just is kind of tying together mm-hmm. uh, what we're talking about today. Yeah. So um, what is it? Why do we do it? And how do we do it? So I just want to start off a little bit with what, um, but chime in whenever, because yeah. as you know, I can get going, Robin Brugman. Chatty. So you just, <laughs> you just interject whenever you like. So I think to be clear, first of all, adoration is just something that we're supposed to do as Christians, right? To adore God, mm-hmm. to get, to worship him, to honor him, to glorify him, to bless him, to adore him as Lord of my life and Lord of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I talk a lot about um, how much I love the name of the last Sunday of Ordinary Time. Yes. Our Lord Jesus Christ, yes. King of the universe. Yes. So uh, we're called to give God as God. At, we're called to adore him. And I can mm-hmm. do that in my private personal prayer. What we're talking about, when, so shorthand, because some folks might be Catholic and just not familiar with it, or not Catholic and definitely not familiar with it. When we talk about going to adoration, what we're talking about in particular, that's that's shorthand for Eucharistic mm-hmm. adoration. So when we're talking about Eucharistic adoration, uh, we're talking about going to a church where Jesus uh, is present in the consecrated Eucharistic host. Uh, and just to spend, spend time in prayer. It can be mm-hmm. personal prayer. It can be co- part of something going on. So right now in my parish, and, and, and I've, I've seen you, you're always welcome at our parish, St. Lambert's in Thank Sioux you. Falls, Robin. Uh, Casey, <laughs> you're like also wel- welcome to come. Um, so we're doing a 40 hours devotion, mm-hmm. which is a Eucharistic devotion yep. where people uh, are given the opportunity for a couple days to come. And usually there's confessions and a presentation, mm-hmm. a reflection that's yep. given. That's uh, but then just the ability to, the opportunity to literally adore Jesus Christ, who is mm-hmm. uniquely present in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. So yes, I can adore God anywhere and everywhere, and I should. Mm-hmm. But he, just because God is present everywhere, but the, in in the real presence of the Eucharist, He is uniquely present, mm-hmm. body, blood, soul, and divinity. Can you um, just touch on just real quick the difference between? So someone might be thinking, well, Jesus is present in the tabernacle of every Catholic church. Uh, when we adore him in Eucharistic adoration, he's present in the monstrance on an altar, usually, right? You, so um, maybe you want to clarify the difference in that, because someone might be like, well, can I go to any Catholic church anytime? You can, you and, can. I would, and that, yes. that is Eucharistic adoration. Yes. So what, so that, yeah, there's, oh. right, it is. So Eucharist- yeah, so just different. Okay. Yeah, you so it's, um, yeah, I'm going to get to that in just a minute. Okay. So. Why do Eucharistic adoration at all? Because he's uniquely present in the right. Eucharist. That's what we believe as uh, In a way that he's not. It's it's a fuller presence. Mm-hmm. He's And this is where it gets a little bit, well, it's, so he's, he's not really present to me when I'm praying in my home. He is. No, he is. Yeah. But it is somehow a fuller mm-hmm. presence. Greater, mm-hmm. realer, is realer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a mm-hmm. true presence in the Eucharist. So why not? I mean, if he's mm-hmm. there and if I can, mm-hmm. if I have the opportunity, so I, I'm blessed in that we live just a couple blocks away, I mean, mm-hmm. like a block and a half away from our I'm parish sure. church. So my, my daily prayer is actually spent at 
my parish. Well, that's awesome. Because yes, sometimes I do. Certainly there are days where I pray at home. But if I can be with him in his Eucharistic presence, um, why not? Mm-hmm. So so I, I I have that geographic privilege, I guess. You do. Um, you do. But yeah, I, I, I'm, so adoration is shorthand for Eucharistic adoration. But when most people think of Eucharistic adoration, what they're really thinking about is exposition oh, yes. of oh, the Eucharist. Yeah. Within the monstrance. Now we're getting some really churchy terms. Yep. Okay. So I'm glad you raised it because I do think we need to explain it and unpack it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, right now, the 40 hours devotion going on mm-hmm. at my parish, um, perpetual adoration going on, which happens uh, in a couple places okay. here yep. in the city okay. of Sioux Falls yep. and many parishes, many around the world places with this. Oftentimes mm-hmm. perpetual adoration, it's actually exposition. Mm-hmm. So, Jesus is, so exposition, he's exposed Exposed. within a monstrance, Mm -hmm. a monstrance. Casey, can you do me a favor? Um, I'm curious what the etymology of monstrance is. Like, what does the word actually mean? I didn't look that up beforehand. Not monstrance, but monstrance. Not monster, monstrance. (laughs) So it's usually, it's a a beautiful thing. (laughs) Like... Goldish? Can it be silver? Yeah, usually it, it gold, be, but yep. I suppose it could be silver. I mean, I've seen wooden ones. Oh, you have? Yeah, I okay. have. I mean, okay. But it is. I mean, it's it's best to make it out of something of precious, a precious metal. Casey. Ah, thank you. So, monstrance comes from monstrare, Latin Which means to, show. to show. Awesome so, exposition. That is great. Thank you, Casey. Um, you were much quicker than the last week's uh, Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> reference. I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, yeah, a monstrance. If just if you if you do an internet search for monstrance, mm-hmm. you'll see what it is. So it's um, usually made out of precious precious metal. Mm-hmm. I've seen simpler ones. I haven't seen wood, but interesting. And it's got a spot in the middle where the uh, usually a larger Eucharistic host mm-hmm. is put, and typically behind glass, yep. so I can literally look on yep. the Eucharist, which is Jesus Christ mm-hmm. under the appearance. Of a piece of unleavened bread. Um, So in exposition, he is exposed. So some of the other terminology you might hear about or read about. So the monstrance is the thing goes in. The Eucharistic Eucharistic host itself is usually held by what's called a luna. Um, That's a little metal piece, little crescent that the host is set in. in. And then you slide the luna with the Eucharist into the monstrance. Yep. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, there's a little door on the yeah. back of the. Um, do you know why the why it's called a Luna? The little holder. Why is it's that shaped holder? like a little moon? It is. It's it's like a <laughs> like crescent, a crescent moon. moon. Yeah, a crescent moon. Yep, yep. Um, so in exposition, so the difference between just sort of simple Eucharistic adoration is yes, Jesus is present in the tabernacle. He's truly mm-hmm. present when I go to my parish and there's not exposition. Um, he's truly present, but like, so this morning, because my parish has 24 hours of adoration from Thursday morning to Friday morning. Do they always? Every week. Oh, yeah. cool. Okay. So when I went this morning, Jesus was exposed mm-hmm. in the monstrance shown uh, to show shown in the monsters. So I'm literally, I'm literally looking at You're Jesus looking Christ. At yes. Him. It doesn't look like what I imagine he looks like mm-hmm. whatever you actually, it looks like bread, but it's truly him. Mm-hmm. We know by our Catholic teaching. Yeah. So it's different than when he's in the tabernacle because I know he's there, but I'm yeah. actually seeing him. Right. Yep. In exposition, I have the t- opportunity to see, to look, to gaze 
upon mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Last week we were talking about the importance of seeing other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am able in Eucharistic adoration to see Jesus Christ, and He's looking on me at the same yes, time. Yeah, I was going to say that He's looking back. Amen. So, Ron, that's a, that's my quick overview of about what it is. Any little nuggets uh, in terms of what it is that you would want to add, clarify, offer? Um, just that it's special. It's very special time with the Lord when you're in adoration. I just feel like it's set apart. Mm. You know, we can talk to the Lord anytime. Yep. Wherever we're at. Um, but there's, it's like an elevated, maybe mm. I feel more experience when you're in adoration. Yep. If you're truly adoring him and just being. Yep. To just go and to just be in his presence. Yep. There's just something different. Amen. Yeah. They're special. So that's so I want to get what I want to get into next is the the why of doing it, which mm-hmm. you are beautifully teeing up. Thanks for doing that, Robin. Yeah, of uh, so we're gonna talk about that next. <laughs> but folks, if you're just tuning in, welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, talking today with Robin Bruggeman about um, adoration, specifically Eucharistic mm-hmm. adoration, including uh, Eucharistic exposition mm-hmm. with benediction at the end, which mm-hmm. is the conclusion of that time of exposition. Um And we've talked uh, initially here about what it is, Mm -hmm. and I want to talk now about why we do it and then how we do it right. And Mm -hmm. I say that with air quotes. Yeah. So you're just talking about- Not freaking anybody out. Right, right. (laughs) Um, You're just talking about the the specialness of (laughs) Eucharistic adoration. No, it's not a word. Oh, come on. I don't think think specialness (laughs) is. The special nature- of of adoration, especially exposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, why can you say more about why for you you go to adoration or why do exposition? I? Yeah, yeah. Why I go to why do we do it? Why do we do it? Why do you do it? Well, when I started going many years ago, I had lots of littles, and I actually would call it my detox time because oh. life would be crazy, and you know, I was caring for littles and whatever, and um. Walking into the Adoration Chapel was my one hour a week. I would go one hour a week, have for years, Saturdays. And I would just walk into the chapel and it was just like everything melts away Mm. when you're just in Jesus' presence and you just come and you just be and everything just seems to be made right again. Um, It's hard to explain when you're in the Lord's presence in that way. but So that's how it started for me. I used to joke it was my detox time, but... Um, I, my adoration has, is the same, but it's changed over the years, but I just feel this renewed, um, it's like he just fills me back up again. So when I go to adoration and spend time with him, things are sometimes revealed, sometimes not, Mm. but it's just this time to just, um, receive from him and just go back out into the, the normal world again. Mm renewed and filled with him right. in some special way Amen. Amen. <laughs> specialness. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but, um, there's just something <clears throat> about, and, and I, you know, if you go back and listen to the last podcast episode right. on the microwave and crock pots, it's more of a crock pot experience yes, when absolutely. you go to yeah. adoration and you just slow down because you don't bring your phone with you. You're just, you're there with Jesus, right? No distraction. So yes, we can pray to God and adore him in our homes, but those, we have distractions everywhere at home, right. whether it's our people or things that need yep. our attention. Where when we go into a church for adoration or a special chapel, we don't have the distractions. Amen. It's him and us. Amen. Him looking at us with love, us looking at him, adoring him, and just receiving. Yep. 
Amen. Yeah, I, um, you know we're 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 enfleshed creatures. We're body mm-hmm. soul creatures. We experience the world through our senses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, I can pray to and should pray to God to Jesus mm-hmm. anywhere and everywhere. Mm-hmm. But when I go to adore Him, um, whether He's in the tabernacle or on the altar in the monstrance, um, my my senses are engaged more fully. Mm-hmm. I can Absolutely. He's He's and he's not just spiritually, but physically present, present to yes. me. Yeah. So I can go to where he is, again, not just in spirit, but in in physicality mm-hmm. as well. That is a word, mm-hmm. I know physicality. Specialness, not. Physicality, <laughs> yes. Um, I can go before him uh, and, and, and be present to him as he's present to me, yes, under the appearance of bread, mm-hmm. but body, blood, soul, and divinity, yeah. the living God, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, truly, uniquely present. Mm-hmm. So again, if I had... If, if, it's like if, going to visit him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if Jesus were... Okay, let's let's back up 2,000 years. Many people probably watch The Chosen, right? Um, if Jesus were... Um, but let's kind of put it in our context... Two blocks away from me. Mm-hmm. Even though, yes, I can pray to him. I can have a real relationship with him where I'm at. But would I not go to where he's physically present? Even though I can mm-hmm. have the real relationship with him in my house. So just again, use my example. I can have the relationship in my house, but he's pr- physically present in my parish just a couple blocks yeah. away. Why would I not go to Just see him in person. Be, and yeah. honestly, it's just like that with anybody. You know, we can call a friend, we can think about a friend or a family member, we can call them, but when we spend time with them right. in person, in, in their house, we get to know them more. Yep. And then that relationship deepens by spending that physical time together yep. with that Amen. person that we love. Amen. Amen. So anything else with why? I don't think so. Okay. I do want to transition to how, because this was actually mm-hmm. prompted by a conversation with a friend who mm-hmm. is who is talking with another friend um, that I don't know about the kind of the details of of how you how do you do it do it quote unquote right yeah. and again I say quote unquote because I mean there are some customs there are customary things that we do uh, I I mean anybody who's desiring to do adoration isn't going to do it Right, right. So we don't want to scare anybody. We don't want to scare anybody. So don't like, you know, the church with all her many sort of quote unquote rules and regulations, we sort of think, well, there must be a right way to do it. Well, there there Mm -hmm. are customary things. Mm -hmm. There are customs around adoration. But you're not kicked out if you don't know them or don't do them right. (laughs) Yeah. The church ladies are not sitting in the back wagging their fingers. No, not at all. So, um... Some of the things that, and I'm just going to kind of go randomly here, Robin. So okay. I'm specifically, all right, let's, let's talk uh, both about just simple adoration where he's in the tabernacle, but definitely mm-hmm. then about exposition as well. Okay. So if Jesus is present in the Eucharist within the tabernacle, uh, the, the typical thing is when you walk in to genuflect towards, towards him. So this is why actually, yep. again, Good Friday, this is why we don't actually genuflect yeah. in our churches because, because genuflection is a, a posture of, ad, it's a gesture of adoration mm-hmm. and Christ is not truly present not in there. the Eucharist. So mm-hmm. we bow to the altar mm-hmm. as opposed to genuflecting to the tabernacle. Yeah. And if well, people don't know where the tabernacle is, if you're in a visiting church, yeah. look for the sanctuary lamp, yeah. look for the red lamp, and then you'll find the tabernacle. 
Yep. That's how you know where to genuflect to. And some churches, uh, sometimes because it, the church is, is, there's a lot going in the church. So for, for, uh, Eucharistic prayer with our Lord in the Eucharist, the tabernacle, tabernacle might be in another chapel yep. somewhere. Yep. Then there might not be a, a sanctuary, uh, would you, Sanctuary, sanctuary lamp, lamp? Sanctuary oh. lamp in the main church. And right. So yeah, you just yes, bow. Yes, you would know. Just bow to the altar. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, we genuflect and then it's it's common for people to spend, uh, to, to, to kneel for at least mm-hmm. part of the time, maybe even the whole time they're there because kneeling is also a posture of adoration. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly a posture of prayer. Do you have to kneel? Is it wrong if you don't kneel? No. Mm-hmm. No, when I again my daily prayer, uh, I go to my church. Jesus is present in the Eucharist, and I ge- and I genuflect. But most of the time, most of my prayer time is spent sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not wrong if you don't kneel, but yeah, that is customary. Um, so I, anything else with just when he's present mm-hmm. in the tabernacle? Okay. Nope. So, but most people when they think of going to Eucharistic adoration, they're thinking again about um, exposition. Mm-hmm. So where Jesus is in the monstrance on on the altar. So there, the custom would be when you go into that into the church or the chapel, whatever it is, to do what is referred to as a the custom is to do a double genuflection. Mm-hmm. So where you go knees. down on both knees, and some people will oftentimes bow as mm-hmm. well. And why the double genuflection? Well, because he's he's exposed in the monstrance, so it's just a a, a gesture uh, uh, in which we're more a greater acknowledgement mm-hmm. of his presence, now me seeing him. He's yeah. just as present in the tabernacle as in the monsters, but I'm seeing him, so I'm just making a, a greater active genuflection. Yeah. And then, again, it will be customary, especially in exposition, it's customary to spend some time kneeling, if you're mm-hmm. able. Mm-hmm. If you're not able, don't feel bad. But but it does, like when we kneel, there is, it, for most of us, there's it just, we're, we're we're more engaged in prayer. Yeah, Again, we're, we're body and soul creatures and some postures. Like if mm-hmm. I just sat and, and I have done this before, if I slouched or whatever, I'm just not going to be as reverent and attentive mm-hmm. as yeah. if I'm sitting upright or kneeling. Mm-hmm. And some people, you'll see this sometimes, they'll prostrate themselves if mm-hmm. space yeah. permits. Yeah. Uh, like on the ground, face down, mm-hmm. because Jesus is present. Mm-hmm. Um, those are a few thoughts that come to my mind. Robin, how do you do... Adoration, including exposition. Anything else? Um, no, like you, just like you said, you know, and, and if you're there for a while, sometimes, you, you know, you'll kneel for a while, sit for a while. Um, but yeah, and facing him, Yep. of course. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think you touched on it. Okay. So one thing that I used to do all the time is I would bring a bag of books. Yeah. Um, and over time, that's because, oh my gosh, so especially if I'm signing up for a holy hour. Um, so as you said, you do a weekly hour of adoration. How am I going to fill that? I, I, I know. Need, I need stuff. <laughs> Funny to how it starts. But we really, and, and this does, it does take time. It's like mm-hmm. a muscle. You have to build up the muscle. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're starting out and you find, you know, I, I need to bring some spiritual reading, mm-hmm. you know, it should be like a. Yeah, don't bring a novel yeah, or anything bring. like that. Bring <laughs> spiritual reading if you're going to read. <laughs> so, um, so if you need to do that to, to allow the time to be meaningful to mm-hmm. you, no problem. Yeah. But you do want to work towards where you're just present to him, looking on him. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a French peasant man, great story, and I'm telling time to tell the whole story. But St. John Marie Vianney, uh, the patron saint of parish priests, there was one of his parishioners who was always going to the church, and he asked him finally, 
the f- priest, Father Vienni, asked this, this Frenchman, what do you do when you go? And he said, I look at him and he looks, and he at, looks me. at me. So the goal, the goal would be to contemplate mm-hmm. that you want what you want to do a little bit to the degree that you're able to, but then work to, just to contemplate him, to gaze on him mm-hmm. because that's him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. It looks like bread, but it's him. So you want to work toward gazing on him, contemplating him, talking mm-hmm. to him mm-hmm. and listening. Yeah. Ideally, ultimately with at least some, if not a good bit of silence. I mean, there are mm-hmm. the heights of sanctity, the ability just to sit for, for an hour even mm-hmm. or more mm-hmm. um, in the in some cases in silence, gazing on him. Mm-hmm. Thoughts, Robin, we got just a few minutes um. left. I went to many years of adoration to thinking I was, it was, I was just meant to come adore our Lord, which was great. And, um, I had beautiful experiences. It was, I love, I love my hour each week. And it was only probably two years ago where I heard that he looks back at us. Yeah. And, you know, I may have been told that, but it just never, maybe yep. it just didn't sink in at the time. And now that I go there with that on realizing that he looks at me the yep. same, you know, that our Lord loves each of us so much individually that when we go, he's adoring us too. Yep. He's so glad we're there. And he looks at us with this love and just is adoring us, his beloved. And that has changed everything for me. It's taken mm. my adoration to another mm. level. I think um, now that it, it's, um, it's like this interacting yep. more. I used to feel like I was coming to adoration. It was just, you know, me adoring, going, you know, my prayers, my thoughts are ever going straight up. But now it's like this, just this interaction that I feel takes place when you sit there and you think, I love you, Lord. And and then we let him love us too. Mm-hmm. There's just something so beautiful mm-hmm. about um, thinking of that, you know, that he just loves us and wants to adore on us as well. Amen. So Amen. that's changed everything. So it's, it's like radiation therapy too, right. you know, where... Um, and many of the monstrances you see will look like that. They have like yes. almost like these rays coming out of it. And um, the chapel where I go used to have that um, sort of a monstrance. And I just always felt like it was just like this love just oozing out and coming out. And it is. It's like these rays that he's just all this um, grace and love and just awesomeness flows from if we'll just sit there and receive it. Amen. And it's just a beautiful time. Amen. I just, um, I would encourage anybody to go. And if, and for our, our, for your listeners, if they're not in Sioux Falls, there are places they can stop if they don't have it at their church. They sure. can always go to their own church, yep. of course, yep. and um, experience that Euchar- the Eucharistic adoration. But if they want it, um, um, in the, all of a sudden my word, my word exposition, exposition um, it's in the, you know, if they're ever traveling through Sioux Falls, stop yep. in to like, does the cathedral have it? Uh, no, no. Not no, anymore. But the, okay. The, the, the sisters the do. Sisters do. The sisters the, the do. Red yeah. Sisters um, so definitely just stop in and just experience it. Or anytime you go by a Catholic church, yep. make the sign of the cross as just that recognition of the true presence there and Amen. adoring Him in that way. Amen. Great episode. Thanks, Robin. Mm-hmm. And folks, that will wrap up this episode. Please contact us if you have any questions about this episode or ideas for future ones. The address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Until next time, may God bless you.